Welcome everyone to the Healing Place Podcast. I am your host, Terry Welbrock. Excited to have you here with us, listening in, and also excited to have another wonderful guest. I will be doing some introductions in just a moment, but just wanted to welcome you here first to this space filled with motivation and inspiration and healing stories. All right, welcome everybody to the Healing Place Podcast. Just an FYI, I have Max on my lap today, so he's going to be hanging out with us. And I am super excited to have Belinda Farrell with me to talk about Huna Healing, which is her website. And the love, love, love the title of her book, Find Your Friggin' Joy. So, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Mahalo for having me. Because you're across the pond, as they call it. Yes. Right? I'm in California, and you're where? I am actually in Cincinnati. So. <gasps> okay. Yeah. Middle of the pond. The middle of the pond. That's right. <laughs> Way far away from California. <laughs> My son just moved to Denver in in February, so I need to make oh. my way out there. I've never been out to I've never been out west, so oh. yeah. Oh my goodness! Well, you're in for a treat. That's what I hear. I hear that <laughs> uh, Colorado and the mountains. He he went to the mountains this past weekend. Took his dog and went with some friends and sent oh. videos. And I was just like, oh yeah, I need to get out and see my see my boy out there. So yeah. Well, California just embodies everything, the beach, the mountains, the redwoods, you know, it's just got everything, the desert. Yes. So whatever mood you're in, you get to go find it. That's wonderful. Well, it's, it's absolutely on my list. So <laughs> I'm so excited to have you here. So, so tell me about, yeah, like Huna healing. What is that? I know. What is that? I was introduced to Huna probably 25 years ago when I went to Hawaii to study advanced hypnotherapy. And at the time, I didn't realize that I was definitely afraid of water. And here I am on an island surrounded by water. And I had to meet that fear. And it was incredible because I was doing some deep breathing, uh, which is emphasized in my book. Uh, It's called the Ha Breath. And you breathe deeply through the nose, like you're filling a glass of water at the top of your head. And you're going to give this as a gift to your higher self. And the higher self is what heals you. So I was in the midst of doing this deep breathing. And then all of a sudden, I experienced these dolphins and whales coming into my my mind or my psyche. Or they were just like the Red Sea parting and all these dolphins and whales were coming in. And I was just overwhelmed. I had never had that on my radar. I never thought of the ocean or any kind of sea creatures in my life. And here they were all, you know, storming in. (laughs) And then that night I started having dreams about them. And the dolphins were teaching me how to swim and I could swim and I was enjoying it. And I got up the next morning and I had this urge to want to go out and meet them. But I had to get over my fear of the water. So it was it was huge. Um, I had a friend who escorted me out there, and I still have scar marks on his arm from where I dug my nails into his arm. <laughs> so scared to get out there. But the dolphins came to me. They downloaded information into me, and they took away my fear of the water. And then I started taking people out to meet them. And I started studying Huna and this amazing healing process of how we can heal ourselves. 
and that's how it all began. Wow, beautiful. I, I did a three-year study of the ancient Hawaiian healing arts that the kahunas were doing on the island. Um, they didn't have anything written down, so a, a man named Max Freedom Long, who came in about the year 1917, he started studying what they were doing, what he was seeing as miraculous healings, bones just going back together and cancers being taken care of. And um, he just started writing down. He stayed there like 40 years. And so I studied his books and how to reach, how to reach your higher self so the higher self can come down and heal you. Wow, beautiful. And you had a story. You had something happen to you. Um, right. As far as a, a physical, um, was it was it your spine? It was my spine. Um, I was doing stunt car driving. <laughs> I had worked with Tony Robbins for about five years. He was like my first teacher when I turned 40 and got a divorce. I was scared of everything. I just hadn't used my voice, you know, to express myself. It was always what other people wanted. You know, it was back in the 50s. We were... You know, we were just kind of in that mindset. And so I was breaking out of all this. And what better way to do it than walk on fire, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I started uh, doing these fire walks. And they really do empower you. And they get you to look at life as a metaphor, not just walking on fire. But if I can do something that nobody else has done, or I didn't think I could ever do that then what else am I holding back with? You know, what else can I do? Yeah. And so I'd always wanted to drive a race car. I don't know where that came from, but I used to love wheels and, you know, bikes and things when I was a kid. And so I thought, well, I, I have to go see if I, you know, can do that. So I enrolled in a Grand Prix road racing course that was in Sonoma, California. I was the only girl, scared to death. Didn't even know how to drive a stick shift when I got there. Wow. <laughs> and and found out that I had some talent. And then sure enough, they hired me at the end of the four-day course to drive for Buick and Cadillac in New York. And my stunt driving career began. And so I started to learn more tricks and slides and more techniques. Um, joined a racing team. And for about eight years, I just had the time of my life, you know, That's driving. Amazing. And, and then, but eventually, but see, I was an adrenaline junkie. So it was, uh, you know, I, I would do something and not rest and then keep doing it and keep doing it and pushing myself. And then finally I collapsed with herniated discs and nerve damage. I couldn't walk. I couldn't sit. I was bedridden and I had no insurance because at that time, um, I wasn't driving, I wasn't doing commercials or films, so I had no insurance. So I had to say to myself, I had been studying all of the HUNA for about three years on how to heal yourself, and I thought, okay, now I've got to see if this really works. And sure enough, I sequestered myself in bed, and I did nothing but the deep breathing, I did the Ho'oponopono, which is to forgive yourself for all the things that have happened or you, you know, blamed yourself for in the past. And 
I cleared the passageway. There's a passageway from the unconscious mind all the way up to your higher self. And when that passageway is cleared, it's like you, you become your own Roto-Rooter. Yes. Um, <laughs> it's true. You're, yeah. you're clearing and you're um, erasing all your judgments and misconceptions that you've had on what happened to you in the past. I don't know if this, I don't know if this is similar or not, but I've done I practiced um, for a while and I still do every now and then a meditation that Dr. Wayne Dyer had put out on. Um, oh, I love him. Yeah. Yes, and he put out the awe meditation, and it was very much about aligning chakras, and it was that feeling, and I could, and the more I got into it, the more I could feel like the alignment. I could feel this clearing of energy happen. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's and it's ascending out through the third eye, and I would walk around the rest of the day with a tingling in my forehead, <laughs> like just yeah, that's the feeling. Yeah, like it's, just this this sensation of energy leaving me that was just so beautiful. Um, and well, then, it's undeniable because it's an inside job. When yes. when you feel connected, you feel connected. Right, right. Very beautiful. So you, you have to go inside and do the work or the play or whatever it's called, but your ego keeps you distracted so that you don't go inside. And so the only thing to get you to go inside is an illness or something to kick you into gear and you can't do anything else but, you know, go inside and concentrate and clean yourself up. Right. So that's, that's what happened to me and I just did a lot of... Um, uh, in fact, in my book on on page 109, there's a there's a memory that came up as a result of just doing some deep, deep breathing, and it came up, and it was just um, hmm. to this day I still get chills. It was like a tiny baby that was being thrown out into the universe like a piece of garbage, and dodging all of these asteroids and all these um, huge boulders and traveling, you know, the speed of sound going like a zillion miles an hour, just a baby in a, you know, in an egg or whatever she was in. And I'm sure that was me. Um, and then she got lifted up by these very delicate hands and, and placed very safely in the hands of this, um, divine being, it seemed divine because it was, she was just emanating light from every pore of her body. And then I got to look down below and then see all this chaos below me, but I was safe because I was in the arms of this divine being. And when I woke up, I was in a pool of sweat. I just, it was as though I had just relived my birth. And I called my mother and I asked her, what is it about my birth that I, you have told me about? And finally, the truth came out that she had taken me, she and my father, to three abortion clinics to have me aborted. And they just didn't work. Wow. You know, I guess, I guess um, she was too far along or one was a failed abortion attempt. But the fetus, you know, registers everything. So when that memory came up, it was like feeling like, you know, I wasn't wanted. I was thrown out like a piece of garbage. Right. And, and so 
when that is at the deepest root of your being, I, I know how much I wanted to, because I'd never met my father, so I, I wanted to be an actress so that he could see where I was and he could come and claim me. So I didn't know, I didn't know the, um, the background of all of this that happened with my mother. But I'd never met my father, so I had idolized um, an imaginary picture of him. And, and that was the reason for, you know, wanting to be out there so much so that he could come back and claim me. Right. And that's what, I mean, your story, when I read it, I, I was just like, wow, because you, you were, you did do acting, correct? Yes. Um, yeah, in, not on the grandiose scale that I thought. <laughs> right, right. But you were, you were in a TV show or you, and you did voiceover, yes. voiceover work and then you did the stunt driving. Um, I mean, in, written a book. I mean, just so beautiful. But I went to um, Hay House had a, a writer's workshop in Orlando last year, and I, I had gone as I'm finishing up my book, and um, it was just such a wonderful experience. And one of the speakers on stage, I think it was uh, Mike Dooley, I think. But anyway, he said, you know, in hindsight, when you look back over your life and you say, oh my gosh, everything was aligning. All those experiences that we have ha played a part in this journey and where we get to and who we are becoming um, as we finally, you know, reach this place of enlightenment or whatever you want to call it. And now I know even the traumas, even the, the horrible oh, yeah. things that have happened. Um, I, there were lessons learned and I've learned to look at the gifts within this, within that, that darkness. Well, it's, I learned so much from Tony Robbins, even though we're, you know, we're not on the same page with everything, but he taught some wonderful, wonderful um, ideas. First of all, if you say you can't, you must. And if you must, you will. And that's what got me to call the stunt drive, the cart uh, racing place and enroll in their Grand Prix road racing course. I never would have done that had I not say, I can't do that. No, I must do that. Because yes. I said, I can't. Right. And the other was transformational vocabulary. What are you saying to yourself? What do you say to yourself on a daily basis that your unconscious mind, which is running your body, is actually putting into perspective? He's, he's making that happen. Because if you're saying you're worthless, if you're saying that you're not worthy of receiving love or worthy of a relationship or worthy of anything you're actually drawing that unworthiness to you to prove to you that you're unworthy right so you have to get the root cause that baby being exposed like she was i saw that there was something far greater than a human that loved me that i was picked up by this just divine these divine hands and placed in safety. And I thought, wow, I've got that going for me. Yeah. I, it, it was like healing the very root of my existence that I was worthy and that I was um, able to, you know, to be loved. Yes. And, and it just, it, it started my whole healing process to a, 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 an amazing speed that I never had before. I didn't have to prove anything. I didn't have to work really hard. I already was 
acceptable and I already was worthy. Yes. And you can't get there unless you find it, you know, when you go inside and you start digging. That's something nobody can teach you. I could not agree more. And I tell people that, that you have to go through the darkness to get into the light. Yeah. You, do, you know, and that's part of that Ho'oponopono, you know, we talked a little bit before we started recording and I've utilized that and it, what a very healing and powerful healing technique it is as well. It's amazing because it's, you know, people are saying things to themselves all the time. So why not just do that mantra? I'm sorry. I love you. I forgive you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Just say it to yourself. I'm sorry. You don't know why you're saying it, but it feels good. And then, you know, all of a sudden the, the doo-doo is brushed aside. Yes, and, right. <laughs> <laughs> and then you've got, you know, you've got a whole brand new slate right. you know, to work with. So it's one of the most powerful tools. I, I cut cords. Um, in my book, I have a visual, you know, pictures of, of you yourself on a platform looking down on a stage and then you can place people, your relatives, your mother, your father, your sisters, siblings, all your ancestors, and you place them all down below you because it's like a, a movie that we're watching and how we've determined what that has affected us. And if it has affected us in a negative way, we're draining our electromagnetic energy and draining our healing energy to heal our body. So that's why it's so important to be in alignment and to be in a neutral way so that our body can heal when we need it for, you know, certain diseases that happen along the way. Right, right, absolutely. So who is your target audience? Who, who do you want your message to reach? <laughs> oh my gosh. It's just all kinds. Um, I do a lot of podcasts. Um, I do a lot of healing fairs. Um, just anybody and everybody I consider, you know, they're sent to me for a certain reason. They'll find me on the website. They'll do a HUNA workshop. I also do reconnective healing. Um, I just feel the synchronicity Whoever is sent to me, I'm supposed to be there to do something with them. Yes. We need to heal together. So I really believe in the synchronicity of life, of everything. Yes. Everything happens for a reason. Absolutely, and I could not agree more. That's one of the things I, that Wayne Dyer had talked about when I watched uh, one of his videos, and he was talking about how um, walking along the beach in Hawaii and two women found him, and he just invited him them back to his his place and his kids were always you know what he have eight kids and his kids yeah. were always like oh my gosh dad's bringing somebody you know strangers from the beach home again and <laughs> <laughs> many times he'd be there by himself writing a book because he came when i was doing um a big seminar a tony robbins seminar we were climbing these telephone poles and then having to jump and catch a trapeze he watched me climb mine and he was giving me come on, you can do it, you can do it. And I was like looking down at Wayne Dyer and thinking, yeah, I can't disappoint him. I've got to get, <laughs> I can't fall. But he was really just a, a, just a wonderful, wonderful um, 
Oh, inspiration. I yes. just, I really, really liked him so much. Yes, well, he certainly, I, I, he's one of my idols as far as someone I want to emanate in life. Yeah, well, um, he's up there in heaven looking down on us. Yes, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. So tell me, talk about your book and what is it about? Well, I, I didn't really want to write. It's, it's really interesting. I didn't want to go in the water and here I am, you know, just taking people to swim with the dolphins. So never say you're never going to do something. Yes. <laughs> and I was never going to write a book. <laughs> I had three CDs because I, I do chanting. And so I had the chant and forgiveness, the Ho'oponopono on a CD and an MP3. So I thought, you know, I'm leaving something. I'm, I'm okay. I don't need to write a book. And then my son um, passed away. And it was from an overdose of, uh, of drugs because he had two failed back surgeries. He watched me heal myself. And he just couldn't go inside and do the, you know, the work. A lot of people can't do that. You know, it's not for everybody. And um, after he passed away, um, I also lost a whole bunch of money in a Ponzi scheme. You know, everything happens at the same time. Do you yes. notice that? Yes. Like the, the rug gets pulled right, right away. And um, I could barely heal myself at that time. I kept cutting cords, but I was just in no position to help others. And a friend of mine took me to see a movie called The Living Matrix, and it featured Dr. Eric Pearl uh, from The Reconnection and Dr. Bruce Lipton, whom I also just treasure his, our relationship to. He lives up here in Santa Cruz. And I watched Dr. Pearl heal this little boy from cerebral palsy who was in a wheelchair and he couldn't move and people had given up on him and then he did three sessions where you don't touch him but you just pull the frequencies and play with the frequencies that are around you and this little boy walked out of his wheelchair wow. and went out into the playground and was playing in the playground and it was just amazing to watch to watch this happen and he was holding holding a cup for the first time you know we take for granted holding a cup but for some people that's huge right and i was just overwhelmed at the thought that a person could help somebody in this capacity and so i went home i looked up where i could get a session i had a session the person didn't ask one thing about me it's best to not know anything about the person and after that half-hour session, um, I had no more of this heaviness. It was like this light had come across me, and my joy had returned. And the weight of the grief had been lifted. And I was, <clears throat> I was just amazed and happy and um, had a couple other sessions, had my reconnection done, which is a one-time-only where these um, strands and strings are traced around your acupuncture points. And when that happened, all of a sudden, I heard, you're going to write a book. And I went, oh, great. <laughs> How wonderful. Sure, I'm going to write a book. Right. I didn't argue with them. I just said, okay, let's do it. Three years, there it was. Wow. Um, yeah. 
if it weren't for the reconnection, it wouldn't have happened. Right. And so the reconnection, what it does, it, it seems to accelerate people onto their soul path. Whatever that is, if you're here, it will boost you up here to where you'll finally do what you came here to do. Okay. And for me, it was writing that book because it was the journey. You know, it, it examines all the ancient Hawaiian healing that I used to heal my back. And it takes you through, again, you know, your own process of healing yourself. It, it's just, I, I, I don't know, it, it, it's great. Yes. <laughs> I don't say that because, you know, I just, it, I, I've seen it help so many people. And, and it continues to help them. And even though it's, it's old fashioned to say forgiveness, it still works. Yes. And it's the most healing thing you can do for yourself by yourself. And it doesn't, it's not complicated. No, it's, it's just not. our mind that makes it complicated. Yeah. And so I wanted to make it really easy. I taught third grade for five years. I use a lot of um, little puppets and, you know, visual effects because I think people learn that way easier. So when I do give lectures, I bring my puppets with me. Yeah. It's like you bring your, your dogs. Right, right. <laughs> it just helps to, you know, to make it easier and more accountable. Right. Is now, is that... Are you talking about the Huna healing? Is that what that is? Is that part of that? It's mostly about the Huna healing. There's a chapter on the reconnection because okay. I have just gotten into that. I've been doing reconnection now for nine years. So you do and do that for others? Yes. It's, okay. it's separate though. The reconnection um, is, again, something you do to somebody. And Huna are um, techniques and things that you can do to heal yourself. Okay, okay. And that's really the distinction. Um, <clears throat> if you want to heal yourself, like I healed, help, helped heal my back together with my higher self, there's a recipe in there on how to reach your higher self, which comes down into your physical body and changes it. Wow, okay. Um, one of the questions that I had and I that just popped out of my head was, um, any myths or flack, facts that you'd like to clarify for listeners? Regarding any myths? Yeah, any myths or facts that you want to clarify? Hmm. <laughs> I never <laughs> thought of that. <laughs> wow. Well, in the healing arts or in politics? No, anything you want to say. <laughs> we could go on for a couple hours I if know, we go politics. That's what I'm saying. There's a lot of things in our world that don't make sense. Right. But in the healing arts, everything makes sense. Everything is possible. Yes. So, you know, I, I'm a believer in that if you can if you can create it, you can make it. Absolutely. One of the things I've been telling people recently, my, my mom is 82, and uh, she was an alcoholic my entire life. Um, and when I had some uh, EFT work done, the emotional freedom um, therapy, or technique, mm -hmm. emotional freedom technique. Um, the the friend of mine, who who's now a friend of mine, but when she came in, she had come to my home home to do it. Um, she's also a medium, and so mm -hmm. she talked about you know similar to what 
your experience, but not quite as in depth about my history in the womb and not being wanted and, and my mom's disease and the impact that it was having upon her. And so, mm -hmm. you know, we, we've struggled my whole life in my relationship with my mother and just in these past, gosh, even six months, we've reached such a place of forgiveness and healing. Mm -hmm. And it's just been beautiful. She's given up drinking at 82 years old. Um, yeah, and she's just, um, she's on her own healing journey because I'm, you know, I'm communicating with her the things I'm learning as I go through mine, as I continue yeah. on mine. So it's, it's just beautiful to watch her start to understand how she was hurt and her trauma uh, experience and how it impacted her. So, yeah, it's never too late, right? How, how beautiful that you are together and that you could do this together. Yes. It's never too late. Yeah. Right. That's wonderful. Absolutely. My mother um, passed away at almost 96. And um, we were there. I was an only child. and But I never got to tell her. I found out through my ancestry that I was almost half Jewish. Wow. And she, I don't think she even knew that herself. And it, it was just... Um, Kind of a, another shock, right? <laughs> shock and awe. But you know, we we go through life, and whatever meaning it has, it really depends on us. Nothing in life has any meaning except the meaning we give it. Right, right, absolutely. It's one of my favorite sayings. Yeah. So that's why I like to cut cords a lot. <laughs> yeah. So when you say that cut cords, what what do you mean by that? Are you talking about cords to the okay. past? The cords are to the people and the events and, and persons to the past. So we, I, I imagine that <clears throat> we put them down below us and there are cords that connect them to us based on what our perceptions are. If we have no emotional ties at all, there's no cords. Okay. But okay. it can be to anything. You know, you, you could want a certain amount of money and so that money is courting you and draining your electromagnetic energy. So it's, you know, your, your teachers, your mentors, um, all the people, your friends, clients, people you've had in the past, anything your unconscious mind is holding in its little black bag. Right. It, it holds everything. And so um, every night and sometimes during the day, I'll just put something down below me, take a deep breath, imagine the cords that are connecting me to them and draining me from my energy. And then I'll just say the words, I'm sorry, I love you, I forgive you, thank you. Yes. And you're saying that between you and, and your higher self. Okay. And then I, I take a, a knife or a scissors or something to swirl around me. I sometimes shake my shoulders and then that cuts the cords and then I take my hand and then just watch them float away. Wow. I just feel them moving away. And then you just tuck the leftover cords back inside yourself and you're starting over again. It neutralizes okay. the playing field. So it's a it's a visual process and then right. uh, but you utilize part of Ho'oponopono with it as well. Well, it is Ho'oponopono, okay. only it's the visual way of doing Ho'oponopono. Okay, okay. I was on, on the stage with Dr. E. Hiliakala Len. Do you know who he is? No. 
He has spread Ho'oponopono around the world too, as much as he can. He, how do I explain it? He was um, assigned to a mental hospital for the criminally insane in, in Oahu. Oh, yes, uh, that, I, that's, okay. that's who kind of, I don't want to say in, invented it, but, but. No, he passed it on passed from Moana yes. to Neona, yes. right. And, and he and I con- conversed about Ho'oponopono, and he, you know, I told him that I was doing the visual version, and, you know, we just had our own kind of mix on how to, how to teach it so that people would get it. And so anyway, I, I'm more visual, but you can also do it um, in a feeling way. You know, you feel the people down there and feel them leaving. Or, you know, however, you know, your sensibility, you know, is this, you don't have to be just visual. You can do it every which way. Okay. But yes, he's, he was an amazing, and he, I think he's still going strong, or he's in his 70s or 80s. He may be in his 80s. Wow. I'm in my, I'm in my 70s. Okay. Now, you had said, yeah. one of the things you said to me, I think, in our email exchanges was about about the chanting. So, so what oh. is that? <laughs> I can do a chant for you. Again, this is the huna. Okay. And it's, um, I teach four levels of huna. And again, it comes from the heart, so I don't have this great voice, but I chant based on the ancestors that have chanted before me. Okay. And it's almost as though um, it's like ammunition. Whenever I, if I feel afraid or I need to have a, you know, a sense of calmness and completion, I'll do chanting, and that puts you in just an amazing way. So I invite you, if you'd like, this is a chant that is um, a prayer. They're like prayers. And it asks for divine protection to come over you and to put you in a state of calmness and sereneness and to move out all the darkness. Okay. Okay. Hai noho anna kanahi hele hele. go-to chant it it just um, changes things I've had when I was in Hawaii this was many years ago with a group and we were getting threatened to go out and swim with the dolphins big guy comes up to me and you know it's like he was gonna pounce me and all I did was look up to him and I started singing that chant and he just turned around and walked away and everybody got to you know, it changes the frequency of the person that is hearing it. 
Yeah. It just completely changes. I've taught this to police officers and they've calmed down prisoners with it, squelched riots with it. All right, everybody, we had a little technical difficulty. Right after the chance, we disappeared from one another. So um, <laughs> we are back. So, yes. Lines, realms unknown. Yes, exactly, exactly. So I don't even remember what we were talking about because I, I got all flustered by the fact that I lost you. Not lost, just kind of in another realm. Huh? There you go. A beautiful way to look at it. Yes, exactly. That's right. All right. So um, we, I think we had we had touched on the myths and facts part of it, and then um, so what resources and support have you used along your healing journey? Obviously, you've talked about some of it. Is there anything else that you've utilized? Oh my gosh! <clears throat> I think the power of friends coming together in prayer is really phenomenal. And I'm experiencing that now. I have a little issue with my thyroid and it's kind of acting up a little bit. And so I've asked some friends to just put me in their prayer groups. And I've seen wonderful things happen, you know, when people pray together. And it's always, you know, it's always better when the group comes together rather than the power of one, it's the power of the group. So yeah. definitely, I'm definitely looking at prayer and, and just sending that across the airwaves. Yes. You know, it's, it's just uh, amazingly powerful. Oh, I, energy, energy is such, as we're learning more and more and more, as more of us are becoming connected to that idea and um, just embracing the energy we put out into the universe, you know, the energy right. that we welcome into our lives, the energy, um, you know, and prayer is a powerful part of that. You know, I talk about that prayer being a part of my healing journey. Um, you know, I, I talk to God throughout the day and the universe <laughs> or wherever, you know, if I see a little yeah. ladybug, I, I, I put a post on Facebook today uh, this morning because I went for a nature hike this morning. I try to hike for about 30 minutes in nature every day and wonderful. yeah, it's so, it's so soothing and grounding and centering. And so I was taking my, my hike. We live about four minutes from a nature preserve. Um, and I was walking along and I said, mm -hmm. I felt like snow white today because as I was, <laughs> I, and, and then I joked and said, now if I can only get all these little creatures to come home and clean my house, I'd be all set. So, <laughs> But I had this little brown bird, and I tried to find a picture of it to see what it was. I'd never seen one before, but he landed right next to me on a, on a post. And so I stopped, and I was like, hi, buddy. And just <laughs> he just sang and sang and sang and sang and sang this song. And I, I, I was too afraid that if I tried to pull my phone out and record it, that you know he would fly off. Well, then... A woodpecker was like a foot away from me. So I did record that and put that out there. And then it sounded like spring, even though it was 36 degrees this morning in Cincinnati. It sounded like, I mean, so I stopped in this field and I was just like, I mean, it was just, and again, as I consider that prayer, you know. To, yeah, it is. It's a sanctuary. And yeah. you realize my very first job, I was hired as Snow White at Disneyland. Ah! <laughs> That's fantastic. So that's been following me all my life. Oh. You know, it's just, yeah, I 
had to follow the little dwarfs around and, you know, sing the song. Ha ha, I'm wishing oh. for the one I love to find me, to find me today. Oh, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> wow. I mean, we're talking 50 years ago, right? <laughs> that was so cool. But yeah. Oh. Yes. It's fun. It's fun. A couple times for Halloween, I've put the costume on, not the one that, you know, Disney had, but, right. you know, something similar. But yeah, that's... How that's funny. You should mean, bring her up. I know. I was just going to say, there's that whole planets aligning universe, you know, bringing synchronicity uh, right. happening that I mentioned Snow White. <laughs> and so I put you go that in the face. forest and I go to the beach. Yeah. I'm a mile from the beach, so I take a walk on the sand and feel the waves and, you know, commune with, the, you know, the water that I was at once at, you know, at odds with. Now, you know, we're, we're good together. Yeah, we, uh, we want to move to, our dream is to move to Hilton Head, South Carolina, just calls, oh, wow. calls my name every time I'm there. I, the first time I pulled onto that island, you know, I drove over the bridge with my ex-husband and was we pulled over the, the bridge and we had our little our boys were little and they were in the back seat and I said this feels like home and I couldn't explain it I couldn't there was no way for me to understand it or define it but I'd never been to it I didn't even know about the island we received some postcard in the mail that said come stay for you know three nights four days we'll give you a free you know wow. condo villa and so we were like, oh, you know, we'll take the kids down there and see what it's about. It felt like home. And every time oh. I'm on that island, it feels like home. Can't explain it. But there well, it your soul probably had a life there. Yeah. And now your body is going. I mean, I've had places, you know, like Machu Picchu. I know I had some kind of lifetime there. And when you finally get there, you just start crying because it just feels like you're home. Yes. Yes. <laughs> totally, totally home. Yeah. So, my therapist brought me a uh, rock from, um, and I know I don't say it, is it Machu Picchu? Is that? Machu Picchu, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it feels so, I loved that rock because it felt like air. Like it was yeah. so light, like it almost contained, like, it felt like it was like, alien i don't know how to explain it like I, I, yeah, there's it was, a lot of alien activity going yeah, on there too <laughs> yes and that's why i think wow. like this rock i was like i don't think this is from this earth it it was weird but very yeah. cool very um i don't know it was it was a soulful moment and i and it was such a beautiful gift from my therapist too well so. you should go you should go to machu picchu yes i should it's calling you it is <laughs> that you say you know when you said the whole i can't and that means you must that's right because my fears have been my biggest hold me back and see that can't i remember when i got into you know seeing tony robbins and i i i started to hear about all the fears that i had and i thought i don't have much time I have to burst through this bubble of fear because it's just an illusion, false evidence that appears real. And I had to, with me, it was though I had to break down that barrier and I didn't have much time to do it because I had wasted all this 40 years of my life in creating fear. 
Right. But now I had to break it all away, and that was what I intended to do with the fire walking and everything else. Oh, I, I, I admire you because I still, through EMDR therapy, I, we've, we've conquered and we've processed so much of my trauma and conquered. I've conquered so many of my fears. There's still a few I hold on to, and we haven't been able to tap into why I still hold on to those. A fear of bridges and a fear of driving that open oh spaces. So, um, yeah, I may have to dig a little deeper on those and <laughs> see what I find. Well, yeah, usually it involves some kind of um, a passing with one of those, you know, one of those ideas, and you just passed on into this lifetime. And it's usually there's like a, a little wire, you know. What will it cost you if you don't? Right. Resolve it. Can yeah. you put yourself out into the future and see what your life is like having never driven or gone across a beautiful bridge? Yeah. Right. Yeah, where would I be if I hadn't? Right. And where will you be if you can? Yeah. Remember, it's just, it's a bubble. It's like a bubble. And when you can burst through the bubble, it just, it doesn't exist anymore. It's only an idea that was set in motion in t at a time when you didn't have the resources that you have right now. And just think of how much fun it might be to resolve that now. Right. To see yourself on the other side, waving at you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what a Hi. great visual. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Terry, let's go. <laughs> Come on. We'll have so much fun over here today. Right. All right. So, so I have two more questions for you. Okay. This one is my favorite. And I, 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 I think I'm going to write a book about my answer someday that I, I have from all my... You might be podcast guest number 51. So it's going to be, it's going to be <laughs> some great answers. If you could meet anyone, dead or alive, who could help you along your continued journey, who would it be? Oh, the first person that comes into my mind is Robin Williams. Isn't that weird? I did a movie with Robin years ago. Loved him dearly. Know that he was just the greatest talent, comedic talent. And my son even had um, some dealings with him. And we lived in Tiburon. We'd watch him ride his bike. And when he left the planet, I was just devastated. And I just have a feeling somehow that my son and he have connected somehow oh. and have learned lessons about, you know, why they just couldn't, you know, be here without having to hurry their lives along and, and go at their own hands. And so I just would like to know what they have learned together. That's the first thing that I thought about. Wow. Beautiful, and I'm, I'm just, I just want to acknowledge, um, you know, your pain, and I'm sorry about your son and your loss. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it, it never gets easy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you just, you just deal with it, but I know that, I think he, you know, accidentally took too much, I think, but I'll never know for sure. It's what a medium told me, that he was kind of surprised that he had crossed over. Okay. Because he always thought he was invincible. 
Right. Right. That it wouldn't happen to him. Okay. Right. But with Robin, that was different. And he just couldn't face the illness that was, was, you know, that he was getting. And anyway, it was a huge loss. And I would just love to see him again and know what he has learned as a result of that. Right. Well, what a beautiful, what a beautiful answer. And I, yeah, I hope he's found his peace and his answers and um, what he's looking for. Yeah. All but right. I'm sure there's a lot of other people I'd love to speak to. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think I have a list as well. My answer, <laughs> mine was uh, Mother Teresa. Um, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Of but, course. But yeah, there's, there's a whole slew. I'd love to see my grandma Kitty again and, you know, yeah. Sure. Right. Well, they, they come to us. Again, it's just a veil. You know, it's just a veil yes. from, from the other side. And I oh, think yeah. when we listen, when we're really quiet, you know, we ask questions and we get answers back. I do a, quite a bit of automatic writing. And so I just start writing and it feels like they're right in the room. Yeah. I went on a, one of my nature, my nature hike, not yesterday, but the day before. And I told my dad, my dad passed in 2009. And I said, I just felt his presence. And I said, dad, you should come take a hike with me. He used to like his, <laughs> his exercise walks. Well, mm-hmm. I, pu- I actually did another Facebook post about this and I posted on Ace's connection about it. Um, and I said, and there's pictures that I took and I was walking along this you know, the leaves have fallen like crazy here in, in Cincinnati with the weather. And so there was just this, this long path of leaves, browns and yellows and oranges and reds mm. and crunchy. And, and it was, I said, I felt like an excited energy was with me and that said, look down, look down. And mm-hmm. I stopped and I looked down and in the midst of these hundreds upon hundreds of leaves was a little heart. Oh, and so I took the picture. Mm. I found a picture. So I kept on my walk and he kept pointing out hearts. He kept pointing out hearts all along on trees and, you know, everywhere I turned and I kept saying, I see it. I see it. You know, I'm smiling. (laughs) Well, we got to the end and it had started out as a blue sky morning, started to gray up, but the sun hit this yellow tree. And it was again, as if somebody very excited was, you know, an energy is how I described it. And energy was saying, look up, look up. So instead of look down, it was look up. And I looked up and sure enough, this yellow leaf was hanging on the tree, but it had a big brown heart right in the middle of it. (laughs) And so I was like, thanks, Dad. I got it. I'm seeing it. So, yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. That's all there is over there is love. Right. Right. So we just um, preoccupy ourselves with lots of stuff that just doesn't make sense. I agree. I just released an ebook and I, it's titled Stop Thinking, Just Love. Oh, that's great. Yes. <laughs> and it's and it's dedicated to my dad. So there you go. Oh, that's beautiful. So that's my last beautiful. my last question then is yes. is um, what is your dream job and have you done it or are you doing it now? <laughs> I've had several dream jobs. I really have no regrets. I've done theater, done some movies. Um didn't do well out in the public eye. I kind of wanted to hide. You know, I wasn't a real good celebrity. Right, right. <laughs> um, so that that doesn't have any. I love the stunt driving. I just love doing what I'm doing now, which is helping people that, you know, that come to me. And 
I have a wonderful relationship, which is something I never had before, and he's the love of my life. And so we're traveling now and seeing places that I, you know, have not been to, like Domenher. Have you ever heard of Domenher? No, I was just, where is it? (laughs) Oh my gosh, it's up in the northern region of Italy. And it's underground, it's it's claimed to be the eighth wonder of the world. It's just beautiful art and rooms and things that are carved out of stone. And look it up, D-A-M-A-N-H-U-R, Domenher. Okay. It's a spiritual university. You have to have um, you know, reservation to go there. It's, I've always wanted to, it's only been in existence about 40 years. And um, so anyway, we're going to go there next year and go to Croatia and just visit places that I haven't been. Beautiful. Well, this has been just an amazing conversation. Thank you for your tolerance and patience with oh. our little with our little techo glitched, but um, because I'm not a techie, that's the <laughs> right. Well, apparently I'm not either. So, <laughs> oh my gosh, oh. it's a miracle that we connected. That's right. Uh, but that's why I'm saying the angels just you know that where there's a will, there's a way. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, it has been wonderful meeting you and talking to you, and thank you for shining your beautiful light. It's been wonderful. Ditto. All right. And mahalo. Yes, well, last (laughs) thing is, how can people get a hold of you or get a hold of your book or do you, you know, go to your website? It's hunahealing, H-U-N-A healing.com. And you can get the CDs on there, the MP3s, um, on iTunes, TuneCore. They're also downloadable. And all the way to, um, to do a seminar or to call me or email me is on my website. Wonderful. And Amazon, of course, has my book. Okay. I'm going and to order Barnes one right now. So. And Barnes & Noble. Okay. <laughs> Well, again, thank you. I'm going to do a little close out here. Everyone, thank you for joining us today. And until next time, remember to be gentle with yourselves. Thanks. Bye-bye. Welcome everyone to the Healing Place Podcast. I am your host, Terry Welbrock. Excited to have you here with us, listening in, and also excited to have another wonderful guest. I will be doing some introductions in just a moment, but just wanted to welcome you here first to this space filled with motivation and inspiration and healing stories. <laughs>